Olivia, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Mark? Olivia, I'm so excited to be to be having this uh, this interview today. Like, this is going to be a lot of fun. Um, do you want to start off by giving everyone a background on you and what do you do? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so my name is Olivia Starling. I am the founder and CEO of a brand called Starlet Galleria where we sell the world's most beautiful fake engagement rings. <laughs> People keep telling me to stop calling them fake, but they're simulated diamonds. They're um, just absolutely great quality. Our customers love them. There's a ton of reason why, reasons why people buy them. Um, but I started this brand with $300 out of my basement um, with a toddler. And now it's almost been five years. We're scaling. And yeah, that's, that's a little bit of the rundown of what's going on. So cool. So let's take a step back. Like, how did you get into entrepreneurship and e-commerce? Like, how did this start? You had $300 and a toddler. What, and what were you doing before that? Well, actually, it started with, you see this right here? Yeah. It's a candy machine. I started a candy machine company when I was in eighth grade. And no way. <laughs> yeah. And my dad, he was the general manager of a lumberyard. My mom worked in a law office. I was like dropping candy machines, collecting quarters. And one day it dawned on me. I was like, whoa, you can make money without being in a location. And <laughs> I was so young and my mind was so moldable that I kept coming up with different business ideas. And that's always kind of how I thought. And so then I went to college and I was like, I'm going to get the best corporate job I can. Like I'm going to rocket in the business world. So I got a business degree. When I graduated, I found out a couple of weeks before I was pregnant, um, but I wasn't going to let that stop me. <laughs> and so um, I worked a corporate job. I had a little daughter and I worked it for four years, but I just like, I felt like there was more. I think that's every entrepreneur. I felt like I was building somebody else's dream. I was on their mission. And I just really wanted to do my own thing. So I started Googling ways to make passive income so I could replicate the candy machine thing again. <laughs> and this thing called e-commerce popped up on Google. And I was like, what is e-commerce? What is this? And so I found Shopify and I found drop shipping. And, you know, I think, does everybody start with drop shipping, Mark? I feel like it's the least path of resistance because there's no, like, let's be real. If someone wanted to replicate what you're doing, they're probably six months to two years out Oh yeah, to get started, right? Drop shipping, it's take something, rip it and sell it. So pretty simple. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have to have the inventory. I had no money. We were broke. We were so broke. I mean, I felt like couldn't even make ends meet. And so I started with drop shipping. I didn't love it because I really wanted my own brand and I wanted to send my own products. So one day I got up the guts to buy $300 of inventory. And um, I found this influencer. And so what like influencers are my whole thing, but um, there was this girl I loved online. I followed her. She gave hair care tips. She was gorgeous. And she was pregnant and I was like, hey, 
when I was pregnant, my fingers got really big and I was wondering, you know, if your fingers are swollen and your wedding ring doesn't fit, can I send you a new one? And she messaged me back and was like, and this wasn't when influencers, it was 2019. It wasn't like a big thing. She was like, yeah, send me it. So I sent her the ring and um, then she went into labor and I was like, oh man, I lost my opportunity. Okay, I'll try again. But I was working a corporate job this whole time. So I um, sent her the ring, never hear back. And then, you know, on Shopify, when it does like the cha-ching. Oh yeah. Yeah. So one day I was sitting at lunch with a friend and all of a sudden my phone is like, cha-ching. And I'm like, what in the world is that sound? I was like, cha-ching, cha-ching. And I looked down and this influencer sold everything that I had. Wow. And, and then we were like, and I had, didn't even know how to package a box because I'd only done drop shipping before that. But she had gotten yeah. on and shared her story. And then I was like, that was great. Took all that money, doubled my inventory, asked her to post again. It went great. So I got her to do it again. And um, our biggest success was for her birthday. We hyped everybody up and we were like, okay, we're going to give you a 50% off code. Add um, everything you want to cart because we always sell out. We really did always sell out because I had no money to buy inventory, but I had enough. And so they added everything they could to their cart. We're like, Friday morning, we'll give you this discount code and you guys can check out at 50% off for her birthday. We were celebrating her birthday. So smart. Oh gosh, it was crazy because I saw this like massive number in add to carts and I was like, that can't be real. Um, but in 20 minutes, we did $17,000 in sales. And I was like 20, I, I had never seen money like that in my life. <laughs> and then um, by the end of the weekend, we had done over 40,000 in sales. And that's when I was like, huh, maybe I should quit my corporate job and just go all in. <laughs> And what were you, I'm curious, what were you doing in the corporate job? So I worked in, um, I worked in missions. I worked for one of the largest missionaries um, in the United States. They're called Compassion International. And we were releasing children from poverty in Jesus name. And I absolutely still love the mission. I still have my kid. I still do all of that. Um, The kid that I sponsor through there. But um the hard part for me yeah. was that there wasn't a lot of room for growth. I would apply for a new job and they would be like, well, you just don't have experience. Yeah. And I was like, well, how am I going to get experience if no one ever gives it to me? So you're just waiting for the right position at the right company and it just never comes. I honestly feel like that's the same story that I hear from a lot of entrepreneurs. That's the same with me is I feel like I never got the opportunities I needed working for someone else whether they were ready or there or not. And it's, you you go out on your own and you control your own destiny every day. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like, I can't even think of you working a corporate job. Like, I've only known you as an entrepreneur. Yeah, (laughs) it's been so long. It's been so long. I couldn't imagine. I I like to tell people I am unhireable. (laughs) (laughs) I don't follow directions. I'm going to tell you what to do. Yeah, I get that. I feel that totally. And honestly, too, think about like all the skills like you and I have learned over the years from running our own business and controlling our own destiny. Like if you, if you, let's say, Let's say I stayed in like a marketing director, a VP position, producer at an advertising agency 
brand, I would never experience what it actually means to run payroll or to pay taxes or balance the books or manage cash flow or mm -hmm. forecast. You know, it's like you're you're so you're so you're so like siloed to these things. But now it's like, I feel, you know, I'm sure it's the same with you. You can go into any business and you can be like, I can understand what's going on here. Maybe there's some technical stuff on the product end. Maybe the business model is a little different, but it's the same. There's receivables, there's, there's payables, there's taxes, there's finances, there's sales, there's marketing, there's operations. It all runs the same. Yeah. And you have to learn how to not master everything because then you hire people and they kind of master it, but you have to know enough in every single part of a business to not sound like an idiot to your employees or to other people. You have to know enough about every single, single subject, which I think I'm, I'm still always learning. And I think we always, that's, constant but the biggest thing I've recently been working on is leadership because I never really had a team it was me and one other person for years now as we're scaling I'm hiring more people and I'm understanding how like this weekend we did a retreat and I said who is your customer like who do you guys serve and I made every person go around and I said my customer is you guys like my customer who I at the end of the day serve is you. And that's like, now that's my role. It's not the actual customer that purchases from us, but it's like the people on my team that are helping build this company. 100%. I think that's a great way to look at it. As you get to that next level as an operator, it, it becomes managing and motivating and just knowing that your team is there for you, or it, they know that you're there for you and you're going to help solve problems, but you also empower them to get what they need done. Yeah. 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 It's a huge shift when you go from being a solopreneur where you get to make all the decisions and they're quick. You can make a fast decision to now it's like stuff does take more time and needs to be more methodical. We need a calendar and a schedule and all the things. Totally. Yep. And, you know, as you build up that infrastructure, everything becomes easier. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to take a little bit more work up front. But you know, it's it pays off when you have these systems in place. And you, I always tell people, I always tell brands we're working with, like, you want to be doing the stuff that the big boys are doing, mm -hmm. because even if your business is small, if your goal is to be doing eight million a year one year, twenty million a year, whatever it is, you want to be doing what those companies are doing right now, and it'll help you get there a lot faster. Oh yeah. It's the big risks that people don't understand. They'd go, well, you can't, I like a lot of things I heard last year is like, you can't afford that. You can't afford that. I know when we were looking at buying a website from Breadloaf, somebody had said, you can't afford that. And I listened to that advice for like three or four months. And then I thought I can't afford not to, like, I want yeah. to be in that spot where my competitors are. And so it comes to a point where you're like, I just can't afford to not do those things that bigger companies are doing and take that risk, or I'm always going to stay small. And that has been the biggest mindset shift that I think made things really take off. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Same with that, with that paradigm and the mindset, it's like having that mindset that I'm going to invest more money into these things. And by investing that money, I'm, I know that I'm going to be able to make more and there's more of an abundance mindset around the investment. I'm doing this to make more. And when you do that, you attract more. 
because you give more. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. It's just even like just trying to not be cheap because I know I grew up with like we were a normal like middle class family in Wyoming. My dad was a general manager of a lumberyard. Like we had a good life. Um, it wasn't, but I never dealt with like massive numbers like I deal with now. And so it is that mind shift of like, sometimes those numbers look so big and I have to remind myself, like, this has to be big. Like we have to do those things and not get scared and not freak out and not pull everything back and not have those moments of like scarcity. That's what always destroys me. I know exactly what you mean. And that's been a big learning curve for me as well. Like I'm very blessed for my childhood, but it was this, it was the same way. Like the playing with the numbers and having access to that amount of cash and making those investments, it, it just, there's a feeling of discomfort until you do it and then you do it and you just move the goalpost a little further. Yeah. And then you say, you move it a little further and then a little further. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Even like, you know, you use, I remember I said, if I can do a hundred dollars a day when I had my corporate job, I was like, that would be enough money that I would make as much as I do in my corporate job. And I could quit and just have this business. And now, oh my gosh, if we only made a hundred dollars a day, I'd be losing it. You know, you're just like slowly going, okay, yeah. now what's, what else is possible? Where else can I take this? What's new? Like, what can we do? That's been huge. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, I know that you're having like, you're killing it right now. I mean, you're, you're doing so well. Like, what do you think has given you like some new life into the brand and just a, the, a lot of the great energy that you've had lately? Is there just something that's working really well in the business that's really turned things on and like really helped you ramp up? Yeah. I mean, so I kind of would do stuff back when I wasn't, I, I wasn't paying attention to numbers. I didn't really understand where sales were coming from all the time. So I got really granular with our numbers with every single sales channel from email to SMS to influencers to ads, all of that. TikTok, you name it. We use Triple Well. I love them. Um, any e-commerce brand that's not on that platform is crazy. They need to be there. I know. It makes just a hell of a difference, not only from ad reporting and sending the right data back, but you know, from f being able to manage your finances too. Triple Whale is amazing. It's amazing. You were the one that told me to, and I thought, oh, it's $300 a month. Oh my gosh. Like the best, best money I could ever spend. <laughs> Love that company. But yeah, getting granular with the numbers, but then I could see what was actually doing it and I dial in. So um, we stopped using influencers for a while because I couldn't see immediate sales from them. Um, I would like give them a code and I'd be like, well, only like three people bought or four pe people bought off of this code. Now that I have triple well, I can more understand that there were like 200 clicks or something like that. And then those people got added to the email list and then they, like, then they purchased from email or then they got retargeted by an ad or then they added us on Instagram and bought from one of our stories. And so really, I think the biggest takeaway is it can't just be in this day and age of e-commerce. I think when I first started, you could just pick one thing you were good at. Like, I'm good at ads, only do ads. You have to do it all now. And so for us, yeah, it's a whole, it's a whole thing. Like we are doing the emails, the SMS. We have over 40 influencers right now who post for us weekly. Um, TikTok spark ads have been incredible. Anybody that's not doing that, it's, it's the best. 
Um, and all of those things just that's kind of what makes it go through. And then also having like this website with my product, it's hard because jewelry is really hard to photograph. It's hard to get a good picture of. And women want to see the sparkle and the lighting and all of like the different angles. So we got a new website where on the product page, the second um, image is actually a video. And that just made our conversion rate skyrocket because now women can see like what it would look like, what it would feel like, all of the sparkle, all of the shine. And that's been also a huge game changer. Yeah, those videos, I think it's it's a mini demo of every product on the pages, you know, and it definitely was not easy to get all that done, but it's totally worth it. <laughs> no, I can only imagine. I'm like, I think they probably don't want to work with me again, but... <laughs> BD was a god. <laughs> he was great. Yeah. He really is. He's amazing. Yeah, but it, it turned out really great. And I'm so happy to hear just the results you're getting and all the, the hard work that you've been putting in is is paying off. And I think now, you know, you having the infrastructure and all of these capabilities in-house and understanding is just you're going to be able to scale this thing exponentially over the next year, two, three years. Yeah. Yeah, we've run into funny, like, new issues that it's like, oh, like... There's always a new one, right? <laughs> there's You solve one problem, there's always a new problem. Like, so what are the, what's, the, what's the new issues that you guys are more or less running into now? Okay, so we, like, always had, like, tons of ring boxes. And I know this sounds silly, but, like, we always had a lot on hand and it never felt like... One day we ran out and I was like we're out of ring boxes? How did that even happen? And they're branded and we order them from a manufacturer in China. And so we had to like, um, we have to have them air shipped. I found a supplier in California that has something like that can get us by. And I called them and I was like, I know you guys don't do overnight shipping, but will you please send me 200 ring boxes tonight? <laughs> like begging them um, for packaging material. So like packaging running out, um, a massive influx in customer service. So we're onboarding with Gorgeous right now. Um, being completely out of every single product. Like we keep selling out and we're like trying to buy like huge quantities as much as we can. But some of our suppliers have capped us at how much we can buy. Um, so we're like playing with supply and demand. So we are going to increase our prices a little bit. And that's crazy. They've capped you out. Yeah. I didn't know they oh. would do that. Um, that was the summer. Yeah, we were monopolizing their market because like they want to have a lot of people buy from them. And so then they capped us and I was like, what? You won't take my money? <laughs> um, so that's a bummer. But yeah, so we're just running into all of these like scaling issues. But it's so, I mean, it's so great. Can I, I told everybody, I was going to tell them that we hit a huge goal this month. Yeah. Let's hear it. What was the goal? <laughs> we had our first ever six figure month. Amazing. Congratulations. So that's the month of February <laughs> and it's the shortest month of the year and you guys hit it. <laughs> yeah. Only 28 days. I know when I saw it this weekend, I thought there's no way because we've gotten close. We've done like 90,000 yeah. here and there, but it felt like just that one little hurdle, you know, when you have that part, that one thing that you're like, for whatever reason, I'm always stopped here. So that's kind of a relief that we went over that hurdle. 
I know it's not huge for some e-commerce brands, but we're still in my basement. We're going to have to move out here soon of my house. <laughs> it's still a team of five moms. We're all just... I love how you're running a million dollar business out of your basement. It's so cool that you started with $300, started with $300 and a little girl uh, yes. in your basement. <laughs> And here you are. I know. It's, awesome. it's funny too, because it's a very basic house. You would drive by, it's very unassuming. Nobody would know. 1960s build in old old part of Colorado. <laughs> there's a, nobody would know there's a million dollar business sitting in a basement of one of these houses. <laughs> you are the definition of a kitchen sink, like uh, like a million dollar business owner. <laughs> It's so true. Even my neighbor works for me. She has three kids. There's been times where I've had all these moms in my basement working and there's been like 10 kids destroying the upper level of my house. <laughs> like in the snack cupboard, there's dogs running around, babies crying, and we're all downstairs like, okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? <laughs> so it's just so funny. That is so cool. So what's what's next with with Starlet, like over the next couple months, like what do you think you're going to be doubling down on? Is it, is it what just doing more of what you're doing right now, like more paid, more influencers, more retention? Is that the game? Yeah, I mean, right now I'm also trying to make sure that the people that work for me are good because all of a sudden with this influx, everybody is much more busy than they've ever been, and so right now we're looking at like new systems to make things better. Um, and then yes, with the marketing, we're moving to Google ads. This will be brand new for us. And I'm going to really nail down like SEO, things like that. And then, uh, we are trying to get our influencers to make ads that we're whitelisting, um, which is such a, a great thing on TikTok whitelisting ads. Um, and then, yeah, just like slowly making sure I, I think we're like needing to stabilize a little bit before I push it a lot harder um slow down just a little make sure the infrastructure is yeah. there and then get going well the great thing is i mean you're saying that you're selling out um obviously you guys are building like back in stock mm -hmm. you know list of customers that are anticipating that and you've got the fomo aspect which is everything you want with e-commerce it's like people want your product and now you're building the list and you're getting them excited to rebuy again Yeah, that's, or to just buy when it's back in stock. Yeah. That's the greatest thing I think that I didn't know was kind of a skill was like when you didn't have a lot of inventory and you would sell out because it's always been like that with my company. It's just that we're buying bigger numbers now. But since I didn't have a ton of money to start this, I didn't have seed funding or anything like that. Um, I would just like buy as much inventory as I could and then we'd sell out and then people would be like, oh no, they always sell out. So it's always kind of been, it was a, a non-marketing strategy that turned into one. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's definitely worked to our advantage starting out like that. And I'm curious, what's, what's your ideal customer look like? Do you have a couple of different avatars that people come through and buy for? I know you mentioned one is pregnant women that ha are having issues with swelling, but is there any other, is it engagements? Is it like, what other things are people buying, buying your rings for? Yeah, the surprising thing I found is that most of our customers are actually already married and they already have a diamond ring. And they're buying our ring for a few reasons. First of all, when they're traveling, like it's so, 
not even just like for being robbed or whatever, but like it's so easy when you're out of your element to take your ring off and set it down somewhere and lose it. We've heard those stories over and over again. Ring is getting swept away in the ocean, like all the things. So travel rings, just to conserve their regular diamond ring, like you can really actually damage your diamond ring. A lot of people don't know that. So if you have a beautiful ring, I always say like put it in a safe, pull it out for a special occasion and wear wear something else in replacement. Um, we have people buy our rings at four engagements. That's not as common um, as like, we call it a placeholder ring. I had a lady message me the other day and say like, my son is in med school right now, but he wants to propose to his girlfriend. So they're going to get this as like a placeholder later on. He'll buy her a real diamond. We're like, this is a placeholder. I was like, I love that. That's great. Um, or like if you want the big bling and you can't quite afford it, honestly, like nobody can tell the difference. Um, no one can tell. <laughs> no one can tell. And it's funny because we do, we have, we have like a wealthier clientele and the hard part is they don't share that they wear our rings cause they're making people think that they're real. <laughs> But we do have a wealthier clientele of women that like to wear expensive big jewelry. And so they just wear ours. And it's not expensive, but it is big. And everybody just assumes. There's a reason why wealthy people have a lot of money. It's because they know that <laughs> they know the tricks. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, we have we have a really diverse clientele, but mostly it's already married women, mostly in their 30s, um, mostly moms kind of thing. That's awesome. And do you find like I'm just curious with the market in general, do you find that they're they're buying different styles that they like to keep a collection? You've got a solid repeat purchase? Yeah, we do. We have like a 30% almost repeat customer rate, which is wow, great. Awesome. Um, because they do, they want the silver ring, they want the gold ring, they want it in round, they want a princess cut, they want to stack other rings on it, and then they want the earrings and the necklace and the bracelet and all the things. Uh, we didn't add the other jewelry until later. We really honed it on the rings and then expanded. But now we do have people that like every new collection, they want like whatever piece we have and whatever the theme is and they want, you know, whatever it is. So we definitely get people that buy multiple times bigger orders now. We're even getting some like $500 orders, which that's a pretty big wow. order for us, which is very cool. Seriously. Yeah. And uh, what what do you think is... What do you think is one of the main reasons you've been able to be so successful over the last few years with this business? Yeah, um, and that's a good question. I think, um, I think that when, so in October of 2022, things were looking pretty gloom for us. Uh, we we did really really terrible numbers, and I think there were a few different times this has happened. But October was the most recent, so I think about it. I think when most it wasn't just you in October, September and October for everyone sucked. It was like so scary. It was like thank God the holidays were coming because if it went into like a normal month, and you know I, I'll bring this up. We've been talking about this a couple times this week, but. If you look at the consumer confidence index, like actual, the government prints this index that says how much consumers have confidence in the market. If you looked at it, it tracked down just as if performance was moving for a lot of brands. And 
Um, Taylor Holiday, one of the co-founders of uh, Common Thread Collective Agency down here in Orange County, they matched back the consumer confidence index over like their overall ad spend and, and clients' performance, and it pretty much matched how everything just dipped overall. Okay, that makes more sense. Do you track that a lot? Do you watch those numbers? Oh yeah, like a hawk. Because you know, there's so many ex as you know in e-commerce, Olivia, there's so many external factors that we cannot control in the business. Yeah. A war in Ukraine, mm -hmm. right? Confidence in the market, gas prices going up and and cost of eggs going up, and people are now like, do I buy eggs or do I buy <laughs> a new piece of jewelry? And sometimes they do. I just buy the jewelry and they call you after and they're like, hey, I don't have any. Have you ever had those calls where it's like uh, those customer service inquiries where it's uh, we've had these with other brands that we've been a part of where people buy a product and they're, it, they're, they're like they buy it. And then they literally say, hey, can I need a refund? I need to return it even before it ships because I don't have the money in the bank account. Yeah, we've had that. <laughs> and it's crazy like some people just love to buy stuff like that i know i wish i wish i could be that click happy because i feel like i take an eternity to decide on something and i leave it and i abandon my cart and then i get an idea from their abandoned cart email <laughs> but, i'm the but, same way i'm yeah. the same way yeah. i go back i go back five times before i buy <laughs> oh yeah me too but we have we actually had somebody purchase like she did three orders in a 24 hour period and then contacted customer service was like, I need a refund. We we're like, well, we already shipped it. So like ship it back to us for a refund. She's like, I need it now. And we were like, Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's crazy. And the October was rough the whole year, honestly, of 2022 for us, like every year we were seeing this massive growth. It was like this climb in 2022. I was like, what, what happened? What's happening? I do. I know 20, 2022 was was just a super challenging, gut wrenching year, just for for everybody. Yeah, and in October, I knew I had hit my low because I was using money from a different business to keep this one alive, and I was sick to my stomach. I was like, okay, now I'm a single mom. I have a mortgage. I have. My, I don't know if you can hear my dog groan on the floor, but he's always with me. I have a 14-year-old dog to take care of. I'm like, I'm really on my own out here. And I was, I was like, I couldn't sleep at night. I was having such bad anxiety. I was like, what am I going to do? And I feel like it's that moment where like normal people call it. They're like, this is it. I'm not, not going to do it. Like, but I feel like every true entrepreneur is like, but I have one more plan. <laughs> That's kind of how I was. I was like, our new website is going to launch in November. I'm going to get 40 influencers and I'm going to make every single one of them the day the website launches post about us. And I was like, I'm just going to kick that ad spend up and I'm just going to rock it. And that's what I did. Like, that's why I think we've been successful is like when most normal people would be like, I would love the security of a normal job. Like, I just don't feel like I can quit. And I don't want to. So I don't know. I think that's like every every true entrepreneur just doesn't ever stop. You don't let anything stop you. <laughs> yeah, I think that's I think that's like the that's the gene that's in us is when you when something isn't going right, you 
you've got faith that you're going to figure it out and you're going to find a path regardless (laughs) of what happens. You're going to find a path. Yeah, for sure. I know. I know. I, sometimes I think I'm broken. I'm like, am I broken? Is this normal? Do other people like, what is it like? I always tell my friends, I say, if all else fails, I bet you I could get a job as a teller at Wells Fargo. That's where I will rebuild. (laughs) If I file for bankruptcy and lose my house and everything, I'll go get a job as a teller, probably come up with a new business idea and then get back out there. (laughs) It's so funny you say that because there's a there's a story. I don't know. Are you familiar with Alex Hermosi? Yeah. Have you heard of him? Yeah. So he's he's tells this story when he was first starting his gym where he was like, you know, worst case scenario, I can always drive Uber down the day during the day and be a stripper at night and make 200 grand a year. <laughs> I love it. And I'm like, all right. Yeah. yeah. There's always an option, you know? There's... You know, <laughs> Yeah, if you fail, you fail, but you'll find a new way. That's kind of how I've always rolled. I think when I first became a single mom, I remember my parents, they're very cautious and great people. And they were like, how about you get a a, a job? Like, do you have a job? What do you do? <laughs> like, Let's get a job. And, and then you can, because I got divorced about a year after I started my company. And, you know, we were doing okay as a company, but they were like, maybe you should get a job now. And I was like, I do have a job. This is a job. <laughs> now they're all for it. But back then they were a little bit worried about me oh, and I don't blame them. Yeah. I would be too. <laughs> totally. Totally. Wow. Well, I, I get another question for you and that's with all your success with influencers right now, like to anyone else out there that's listening, that's, that's a small brand and is, and is looking to grow with influencers. What do you think is, one of the keys to your success and how do you operate and like facilitate and, and really empower them? Because I feel like influencer marketing is more than anything, selling yourself to influencers and getting them excited to want to work with you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. you got to treat them like they're your friend. You have to treat them like they're an extension of your company. You got to treat them well. Um, so I never pay per post. I just, I have a straight rule. I will not pay you a thousand dollars to post because I feel like when I've done that, we haven't gotten results and they haven't felt like they're a part of it. So we always pay commission. We pay 15% commission um, on all of their sales. And um, we also, we give them new product every single month. So they'll get their little collection. We send it, send them like a little mini collection and we say, hey, pick out what you want. We'll send it to you. So every single month they get something new. We, we send them branded t-shirts. So smart. So smart. Every, every month, everyone, and this is, this I think is a big takeaway right now. Everyone thinks of it as I sent them product once. I sent them free stuff. Nothing happened. It's like, no, you're sending it to them mm-hmm. every month. You're giving them a piece of the pie and you've got a ongoing relationship with these people, right? Yeah. It's, it's a real, so I actually hired a relationship manager for them now because it, it was me before. And then I just couldn't, there's a few people I still do and I text them and I still have a relationship with a lot of them, but yeah, I have a whole person that her job is to like, we hype them up. We're like, Hey, that video is great. Can we, and then we do, we run whitelist ads, which help in, 
increase their engagement, their followers, their likes, all of that. So they love it. So they create a great piece of content. We're getting ads. They'll still get commission on the sales for that ad. So they're getting, they're seeing it. Sweet. So that's awesome. You're, you're not just saying, Hey, here's the post post it on your story. You're actually saying, create the content. We'll run the offer. We're going to put ad budget behind it and you're making 15% off of sales. Really smart. Oh yeah. And then we pay them every Friday. So they're getting paid every single Friday. Oh my God. So you're, and you, they have the opportunity to potentially pay rent with how much you're probably paying some of them, right? Oh yeah. We have some that are making really good money and we'll send them like t-shirts, hoodies, like whatever. I have a stack of hoodies right now for our like top influencers from last month. And so we do, we bring them in and we make them like this. It's, it's like, it's, I think people use and abuse influencers. I'm going to say like, I don't like that. And that's why they're starting to come at brands to be like, well, no, then I want you to pay me a thousand dollars per post. Well, how about instead we make them part of us and part of our team and we do pay them well, but we pay them based on like their results and we give them incentive and it's a win-win. So that's been like a huge part of the business. And we also, we grade influencers on three things, which a lot of people don't get. They're like, oh, there were no sales from this person. Well, yeah, it takes at least seven times for somebody to see your product before they buy. So don't just throw an influencer away just because the first time they posted, you didn't get a bazillion dollars. Um, so we grade them first on their sales for the month, and we hope that they've posted a lot. But the other thing that we look at is we look at their clicks. Like how many clicks did they get? Because if they're getting over a hundred clicks, they just sent a hundred people to our website. And like, honestly, it only costs us commission or nothing. So that's great. Or a free product. Like I'll take that. So then we look at their clicks and if their clicks look solid, that means that their customers were maybe interested, but didn't purchase right then. Um, and then we also look at the level of content. Like, is this content that we could reuse? Because if it's actually really good content, it's worth it to us to just send them another free product for another great video or another great whatever. And so, yeah, we look at their numbers every single month and, you know, there's people that maybe like their numbers are iffy. So we'll send them product every other month or every third month. We make sure that we keep that relationship though. And yeah, so we're just constantly growing kind of like that team in a really strategic way. So cool. And just to ask, for anyone that's looking to reach out to influencers and create a relationship like this, how would you, how would you coach someone or advise someone on doing that? Yeah, well, we've we've first of all given a lot of free products to events. Like, there's events for several like MLMs and things like that, and they're looking for brands to give like product gifts to their people. So we have we've been like, and the people that are like the really successful people in those multi-level marketing businesses have followings. They have big followings. They have their influencers of their own. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're already influencers. So we'll be like, yeah, we'll give every girl there a free pair of earrings because if we give a hundred pairs of earrings and it costs us like say maybe five bucks a pair of earrings and we got one good influencer that posts once and does like $3,000 in sales, we just made money. So <laughs> we'll do that all day long. That is so smart. I've never heard of anyone else doing that before. Like going to an MLM 
and seeding product and then using that as an opportunity to build relationships with them. Yeah, I, those girls know how to sell. And for us, like our like we can look at what like industry complements us. I think every industry has like a complement. So like beauty industry, makeup, hair, things like that does really well with jewelry. So those are the people that we seek out. So we've done that, which has been awesome. Um, also, when an influencer's friend posts, most likely most of her friends are influencers. So then she'll see it. Like, especially if you're like, oh, I got this ring. And then if you treat your influencer well, they're going to tell their influencer friends, hey, I'm working with Starlet Galleria. They're sending me free product every month. They're paying me every Friday. They're sending me their content calendar so I can be successful. Like, And then the other influencers ask to join. And we're always like, yeah, for sure. Come on in. So that's another thing is once you get one, it like snowballs um, and you treat them well. That's they talk. So if you don't treat them well, they'll talk. <laughs> they'll talk. Yeah. Yeah. But especially if they're in the MLM space and they have a following and you can give them potentially them making a thousand or more dollars a week. That's a lot of money Yeah. right there. That's like, that's paying for the mortgage. That's paying for the car. That's paying for a lot of things. Yeah. And you know, the, they're, they're professional sellers. It's not like they have their own, their brand is them mm -hmm. selling stuff, whether it's MLM or selling through, selling products through, through being an influencer. So smart. I love the model. Like, yeah. yeah, it works so well. Yeah. And these, these women are excited to get their thing and to share it and to show it off. And so we do a little bit of outreach too. Like I will, if I'm on TikTok, this is kind of my like late night I'm working kind of thing. I'm scrolling TikTok on my For You page and a spark, some kind of ad comes up on an influencer's page and she's talking about whatever skincare regimen. I usually go follow them, send them a DM and I'm like, hey, I own this company. I would love to send you a ring. I saw that you already have a really beautiful engagement ring. This one that we have looks just like yours. And so, you know, like we'll be happy to send it to you and have you join our team. And so I'll do that every now and then, like if I, I'll see that and kind of just act on it. I don't do like a very strategic influencer outreach because it feels like I would rather reach out to the masses. I'd rather them For come sure. to us. Like it, it just kind of started to fall into that category. More organic this way. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. You want to be careful. You don't want to just DM them and say, Hey, want to collab? And like, it's just, I wouldn't respond to that. It's like a guy going up to a girl at the bar and being like, can I take yes, off? exactly. Yeah. It's very much. Yeah. It's like, I learned that from, uh, from my, from my buddy, Cody Wittick, which we have him coming out on an episode, uh, in another like week or two, he owns kinship and influencer agency down here in Orange County too. And he's like, the way that you want to approach it is you want to buy, you want to buy that other person a drink at the mm -hmm. bar. And then just say hi and that's it Yeah, and start the relationship. Yeah. yeah. There's... Working with influencers is just like dating. <laughs> it's like. Yeah. We used to say there was a term as influencer dating and you, would, you gotta yeah. like comment on their stuff and like their stuff and show some kind of interest before you're like, let's do this thing. And yeah, it's, it's a daunting process. I know why more people don't do it is because it is, it's, it's hard. It's, it's a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. And if you're not native and you don't understand these platforms, like I tell people too, like 
some smaller brands we work with, I'm like, this is what you should do and influence. And they're like, it's a diff it's a different language. They don't know it. If you're not comfortable with it and you don't love it, it's going to be really tough to get it done. Yeah. And you have to somewhat join their world. I really didn't want to have like any kind of following for a long time. And I finally started my own page and did that. And that's really where I connected with them. And it was like, we found this common ground and I don't have like a very big following, but I got enough to where I could understand kind of what they were going through, empathize with them, know how I wanted to be talked to. And then it almost made it so that we could work together a little bit better. That's so cool. Yeah. I think that introduction and also it coming from you too as the founder makes it so much more inviting than some what would most people think is some VA in the Philippines DMing a couple hundred people a day trying to hit their numbers same message mm -hmm. doesn't really connect well yeah collab question mark <laughs> send a DM to so and so it's like who really is sending <laughs> no right for yeah. sure. For sure. Sounds like work. <laughs> yeah. Well, Olivia, I know we're running up on time, but thank you so much for coming on today. And you've been just a wealth of knowledge and information and your story is so inspiring. If anyone wants to get in touch with you um, moving forward or learn more about Starlet Galleria, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, you can uh, follow me on Olivia is not an influencer on Instagram. <laughs> I won't influence you at all, except to make more money. And um, that's the best way to get a hold of me. Awesome. Great. And we'll leave a link to, of course, Starlet Galleria and in your Insta in, uh, in the show notes to this. So anyone can get in touch. And well, thanks, Olivia. Thanks for coming on awesome. today. This was great. Great. Thanks. Thank you so much, Mark. Bye.